Welcome to Harvest Beyond Sunday, a podcast that seeks to inform and equip the members of Harvest Church, as well as celebrate what God is doing in and through our body. Welcome to the Harvest Beyond Sunday podcast. My name is Graham Spell. I serve as one of the pastors here at the church. And today I'm joined by Bill Garner, our executive pastor, a disciple or mentor of mine, a man that I'm grateful for. Bill, welcome to the show. Thanks, Graham. It's good to be here this morning. Bill, everybody that comes on the show, I asked to share about a two to three minute testimony. Would you tell us how you met the Lord and how you found yourself here at Harvest? Yeah, I will. Hey, Graham, I grew up in Memphis. My dad was in the Air Force. I was actually born in Texas, but... uh, uh, when we became teenagers, my mother was concerned for our our spiritual well being, and so she uh, she made sure that one weekend she put us in front of the gospel and sent us off to a to a youth conference. And at that conference, uh, all three of us got saved. And from that point on, uh, I struggled with what God wanted for my life or wanted me to do with my life um, through high school, and uh, felt felt a call to ministry. And so I ended up going through college and then to seminary. And from seminary, I taught for a couple of years. And then I ended up um, in student ministries, became an executive pastor at a local church. From that point on, um, uh, life took a few turns and shifts. And, and about uh, 12 years ago, I met Kenan Vaughn at, uh, at a restaurant, local restaurant. We had lunch and heard about the ministry he had going here with Downline. And, and man, God really used that lunch as a catalyst in my life to, to move me toward um, uh, full-time service again. I had, I had been out for a little while and, and uh, ended up going through Downline. And at the end of Downline, uh, God just worked in my life to, to say, hey, I'm not done with you yet. Uh, as you can imagine, since I'm a little bit older, 65, it's hard to condense 65 years into two minutes, but I'm, I'm working hard at it. So I'm only giving you a 30,000-foot view of the last third of my life. <laughs> but after going through Downline, I uh, ended up um, uh, getting a job at another local church, working as an EP, and then went to work with Kenan for a couple of years. We got to know each other a lot better. And Went to work with him, and and he started a church, was going to start a church, and asked me if I wanted to come. And I said, yes, I would love to come. And uh, God brought me here seven years ago to work with Kenan, came in as an operations guy initially, and and, uh, about a year later became the EP. The rest is history, as they say. It's been a whole lot of fun, uh, exciting. It's, it's, uh, you know, when I was growing up, some of the – the uh, more famous athletes that uh, that uh, were playing in those days talked about, you know, basically uh, in life, uh, they wanted to slide headfirst into home plate. And I feel like God has given me an opportunity to to be active and to be engaged and to be able to be around a lot of uh, incredible young ministry-minded uh, people. And and uh, and in in that opportunity, is also giving me give me some chances to disciple and be engaged with the next generation, and that's been a lot of fun as well. Mm, it is. You, you do a great job with it, and I'm very, very thankful for you. Well, Bill, we are coming on the two-year anniversary of COVID-19. Uh, started in March 2020, and I know a lot has changed here at the church, so just give us a brief overview. What's the state of Harvest Church two years later? 
Well, actually, I think at this point, Graham, we're in pretty good shape. Uh, seems like things are returning to uh, normal. We we had about two years ago before this before the COVID uh, pandemic. We had a very large group of people that were attending Sunday morning services, and through the last couple of years, we've seen we've seen some changes. There's been a um, a new group that have come uh, since we opened the doors again. We've we've lost a few folks. Uh, there's been some changes. People got used to staying home, watching live stream. And by the way, we do want to encourage you to come back to church. Uh, we we feel like the body needs to be gathered together in person. That's the best way for us to gather as believers and be encouraged by each other and and what's happening in the lives of other people as well. So uh, started up again, started meeting. It seems like the, the, the crowds are coming back. A lot of new faces, and because there's so many new faces, uh, and we've, we've, uh, we began the year with, with foundational principles for, for uh, who we are, core values, to begin talking about core values, to talk, uh, let people know who we were, to explain who we were, to talk about common language and those type things. Uh, because I'll tell you, I, I was a Christian for a long, long time before I really understood uh, what discipleship was. And I did not understand it in the same sense that, uh, that, uh, that, I, that I learned it from, uh, from my downline experience. That was a, a catalyst in my life for being engaged again in, in one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-three discipleship that, uh, that was basically truth in life transferred into context of relationship. So it's been a, been a good thing to get get back into the groove again with, with people here at church. All right, Bill, as we come out of COVID, uh, what are you most excited about right now at the church? Well, continuing that thought uh, from, from just the new faces that are here, uh, we've kind of regrouped as a church and taken a look at what we're doing, some of the programming uh, that we have in place. And uh, we're trying to, as elders, we're trying to to determine uh, and put together the best plan for knowing the body, shepherding the body, loving our body. We've uh, begun uh, more Sunday school classes uh, here at the church. I'm excited about some of those. I'm actually teaching one with with some of the other elders, uh, JB and Seth and and Robert and Kim are all involved in in a class that we're leading. A, Excited about some of the new staff that we have uh, as well. We we brought on uh, uh, Ronnie Stevens, who's who's been a blessing to all of us. He served as a mentor for so many uh, of our staff people as well. And I'm excited about some of the things he's doing with this his his preaching and teaching on Sunday mornings. And uh, excited about the 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 way that we have uh, begun to to put together discipleship communities and define our discipleship communities. And, uh, you know, we, we want our body to be known, loved, shepherded, and we feel like that uh, w- that's achievable if, if uh, the members of Harvest Church can actually uh, get involved in one of our discipleship communities. And uh, for us, our, our discipleship communities are our home groups, they are our Sunday school classes. They are our men's and women's Bible studies that meet 
And uh, I think there's probably some D groups that are also meeting that that help uh, form discipleship communities here at Harvest Church. That's great. Yeah, and you know, a lot of our common language has changed. We have a lot of new members. We just closed out the uh, core value series here at Harvest, which was great. I think a lot of folks really appreciated that, uh, from what I've heard. And you mentioned that our, our discipleship communities are our home groups, our Sunday schools, and our men and women's Bible study groups. And the purpose of those is to help every member be known, loved, shepherded, and discipled. We want them to develop community through being known and loved, and then d- develop, grow in maturity through being shepherded and discipled. We have, what is it, 32 elders on our elder board right now, and... Uh, they do a great job of shepherding our members. Explain to our congregation, how do our elders shepherd our body? Graham, what we've tried to do with our elders is uh, we, we use a principle that I think that, that Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, uh, taught him when, they were, when the Israelites were in the Exodus, and Moses was trying to—he uh, was overly involved in, in so many people's lives— and spread so thin that he couldn't get everything done. Uh, and so we have a limited number of elders at the church right now, and roughly about 1,500 members or so, maybe it's 1,600 at this point. But for us to be individually in contact with each of those members would be an impossibility. Most of our elders, are, are uh, uh, they have jobs and outside of the church and, and families, and so for them... Uh, we're blessed to have elders who are very engaged and who take eldering seriously and uh, understand their responsibility uh, and want to do the best job they can. So we're trying to do it the best way that we can. And what we've done is we we have uh, created these groups. The groups that uh, we have, the our communities, the opposite communities we have with the home groups, all have home group leaders. Uh, Sunday school classes all have Sunday school class leaders. Uh, the men's and women's Bible study is set up in such a way that that uh, uh, in those Bible studies there are table leaders. And so we're trying to uh, connect our elders with the, the leaders uh, of those groups. And from that, uh, we're able to minister to the leaders, uh, the home group leaders, the Sunday school class leaders. Our elders meet with those or, or, uh, leaders on a, on a semi-regular basis to connect, to help with any issues that might be uh, ongoing in those groups, to be made aware of special needs, financial needs, those type things, marital issues, uh, just any of the things, that the normal everyday things that arise that can cause problems and difficulties in homes and families and inside the church. So there's a constant contact with those leaders and a desire to try to shepherd those leaders as best we can from an elder perspective, and then um, and, and also equip those, those leaders so that those leaders can actually um, work with the groups that they have, uh, be under shepherds in the groups that they lead, and um, minister to the the needs of the of the members and uh, that are in those groups. Yeah, and so what I hear you saying is, if you want to be shepherded by our elders, you got to be in a discipleship community, a home group, a Sunday school, or a men and women's Bible study group, right? Yeah, I think that's the best way. It's hard for us to to shepherd you if you're not engaged in one of those areas. And so, uh, again, we're just trying to provide opportunities for you to connect and grow and to be known, loved, shepherded, and discipled while you're here at Harvest. And those are, those are the programs that we've set up for that uh, at this point in, in the life of Harvest. 
That's great. And I hope, you know, my job, part of my job, I think, is making it as easy as possible for people to get plugged into one of these communities. And I hope I'm doing a pretty good job at that. Uh, I hope it's I hope it's as easy as possible for you to join one of these communities. Uh, Bill, I want to, you know, round third and head home on this podcast. But I once heard that there are the, the life cycle. I'm going to throw this at you. This is you, this isn't on your show notes there. But I heard that uh, in the life of a church, there's three stages, the mission stage, the monument stage, and then the memorial stage. The mission being everyone's excited, on fire for the church, showing up, you know, beating the drum, the spear, the tip of the spear is white hot. Then there's the monument where you're established, you know, people know you exist, you know, you're on the great street corner and, and people here at Harvest Church, they know, oh yeah, I've heard of that church. And then there's the memorial stage where uh, the congregation starts to die off. It's not uh, as prominent in the community anymore. I feel like we are smack dab in the middle of mission and monument. And I think that's a great place to be. How do we continue in that area? That's a great question, Graham. Uh, as far as the, the, the membership is concerned and the body life and where we are, it's, 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 I'd say uh, from doing this a few times, um, you're, you're spot on. There's a, there's a, when you start a church, there's a lot of energy that the church has initially, and everybody's on mission. A lot of times, it's because there's a common language. You start together. You, you you're forming something. Everybody knows what the purpose is and why you're doing what you're doing. And there's excitement. It's new. It's fresh. There's you're taking a risk. So there's uh, there's just energy that's created uh, when you're starting. You kind of everybody's in the foxhole together, and you don't know what's going to happen. So it's it's fun to watch it grow. Uh, I think from a membership perspective, I learned a long time ago that that we don't want people just to come to church. We want people to, to actually be the church. And so um, membership's not the finish line. It's the starting point for engaging in our communities. And so from a discipleship point of view, you know, and a Great Commission point of view and, and a witnessing point of view, you know, there are some fantastic uh, passages that anchor us, like Acts 1-8, which talks about receiving power and the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and being witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And so we take that very seriously. And I think if you come to Harvest, you're going to be challenged on a weekly basis through things like the mission moment that remind us to be on mission and what we're doing missionally through the preaching of the Word, where the Great Commission is constantly part of, of uh, uh, is, is something we, we are regularly uh, confronted with, the, the, the commission that Christ gave us to, to go and to make disciples and uh, to baptize and to teach and, and to remember that that's our job. That's why He left us here. And so I don't think we get very many people um, that stay long at harvest that that aren't wanting to be engaged and uh, in discipleship. And again, when you think about discipleship and what it is, it's it's truth and life uh, that are that are transferred in the context of relationship. And so we uh, we want people to grow. Uh, we're encouraging people to grow in their faith. We're trying to. Ephesians 4 talks about to equip the body for the work of men. We're trying to equip the body, challenge the body, uh, encourage the body. Uh, um, and uh, we do that through our core values, of course. But, but uh, you know, that's one of the challenges, I think, of having turnover in the church, uh, especially coming out of COVID. You know, we, 
we had some people for whatever reasons that that moved on to different places, and we've got it seems like a, a new new body almost. It's not entirely new, but there's a lot of new faces here that have come. And you know, Graham, it's 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 interesting, especially in a community like Memphis. You've got uh, you've got uh, an evangelical community. People uh, there, there seems to be you know just in my lifetime, um, people like to go to the newest, hottest church, something that uh, they want to go where something's happening. And so a lot of times when that's going on, uh, you end up attracting people. Uh, They're good people, but they're coming because they just, something's going on. They don't know exactly what's going on, so they get over to the the newest uh, church and they uh, they they have to be they have to be uh, trained. They have to be. You have to let them know what we're all about, and uh, you have to uh, you have to equip them. And uh, so so things like discipleship. When we talk about discipleship, we want every member involved and engaged in discipleship. It's not the work of the just the work of the pastoral staff or the elders or. or or you know the mature believers. Every member has. We want every member engaged. And you know, through the years, I've seen I've seen people, a lot of older people. I, I've I've there's some testimonies from the elders in our our session that uh, have been elders in other churches for a long time that uh, just kind of stood on the sidelines and watched for a long time and didn't even think they could be engaged again. So we've had people in their their fifties, sixties, seventies that that are that are reengaging and getting out on the playing field, so to speak, and and uh, trying to to make a difference, to pour into the lives of younger people. Uh, for the longest time at Harvest, we 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 focused on uh, you know we, one of our core values is diversity, as you know, and and uh, we've we've uh, tried to create programming that helps with generational diversity because we think that young people can learn from older people, and from an older person's perspective, I've learned from so many of the young people just in in the iron sharpening iron type thing. That uh, so it's a privilege, but we've got that going on. We want our our body to be engaged. Be active, not just coming to church, but being the church. That's great. I think that's a great recipe for staying right smack dab in the middle of mission and monument, and to avoid becoming a memorial. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't. We're we're not a memorial yet. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you ever get to that stage, it's hard to get out of it. You know, that memorial stage where you sit around and you just kind of. I heard heard one one pastor say, "It's us four and no more." You know, we're just trying to. We're not trying to do that. We're constantly trying to engage our community, and to be um, to make a difference in our city. You know, to be a blessing to the city of Memphis. Uh, and so, what we do is we. Uh, we're looking in our community. We're looking uh, locally. We look. Uh, we look uh, uh, across across the seas. We've got a missional mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at Harvest, and that's that's again it goes back to the Great Commission that we're just we're trying to be obedient to what Christ has asked us to do, and that's make disciples. Yep. And so if you're one, if you're taking notes, discipleship is truth and life in the context of real relationships for the purpose of producing reproducers of Jesus Christ. All right, Bill, let's lay in the plane, closing in on 10 years as a church in 2023. What's your prayer for our body? Well, I wish I just had one, but I don't. I've got, you know, I I think that's, that's a pretty broad uh, question there, Graham. So, (laughs) 
Let me narrow it down just a little bit. Uh, if I was going to say for our body in, in specific areas, I'd say I hope we don't lose the freshness. I hope we don't lose the, the, the newness and excitement of, of the gospel, of gospel transformation. Uh, and I think, you know, for us, you know, one of the most exciting things that we do and I, I, is, is baptisms. And every time we do a baptism at the church, uh, we, hear, we hear somebody's story, how they come to faith. Those are inspiring and engaging. So one of my prayers is, is that, that this whole that salvation would never be something that we, uh, that we become bored with, you know, that we become, uh, become so n- normal that, that we lose the excitement of seeing people saved and, and, and transformed and uh, lives changed uh, by the power of the gospel. So I would pray that, that we would continue to see... Uh, People come to know, know know Christ, to come into relationship with Jesus, to see the lights come on, and uh, to see people not just come to know the Lord. But you kind of mentioned it in your text. When I talk about discipleship and I look at the marks of discipleship, one of the most important things, I think, in defining discipleship is that you're looking for someone who is who's uh, teachable, you're looking for someone who's uh, a learner, a follower, you're looking for someone who's a reproducer of reproducers. And as long as you keep that in mind is is that we are to be reproducers of reproducers, then we're constantly going to be engaged uh, in that. And so my prayer is is that that discipleship, the gospel, would be fresh in our lives and that we would um, make the most of the time that we have, you know, as, as Christ followers. Again, it's never too late to get to, to, to be involved in discipleship, and it's not something that ends, you know, so it's not like I've reached my retirement now and I don't have to do this anymore. I hope that, uh, that, that, we have the, that we attract the type of people that are committed to being Christ followers, disciple makers, until Jesus brings us home. And if we have that mindset, I think that we're always constantly going to be engaged. You know, we do what we can with what God's given us, and we steward the gift that God's given us, and we we fan the flames of of, uh, of following Christ and serving Him, and and uh, living with a, a view toward eternity uh, and and what it's going to be like when we gather around the throne, all nations gathered praising Jesus. Mm. That's great. Well, Bill, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for leading our church over the last nine years and uh, getting us through a crazy season with COVID. And I think a lot of our uh, strengths right now are because of your leadership. So I appreciate you joining us and, and spending time with us on the podcast as we get this thing fired back up. Been a pleasure. 